You're listening to the Hanging with the AD podcast, where we break down hot topics in athletic administration and lessons learned through leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Josh Matthews and Don Baker. Today, we head to the Midwest and sit down with Steve Throne of Miller South High School in Omaha, Nebraska. Steve is a lifelong learner with a heart for kids and the desire to ensure that the interscholastic athletic experience is the best it can possibly be. He teaches us that the road to teaching leadership is more of a slow burn, highlighted by modeling the behavior that we want to see in those around us. And after our conversation today, you'll know why Steve is one of the best in the business. Let's settle in and get to know Mr. Steve Throne. Throny, we're so glad to have you joining Don and me for this episode of Hanging with the AD. We know you're busy with all your school responsibilities there, so thanks for taking time to join us today. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. For our listeners, uh, we go back to Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska again. Steve Throne, he's there. He's in his 10th year as the Assistant Principal and Activities Director at Millard South High School in Omaha, Nebraska. He's also the Section 5 representative on the current NIAAA Board of Directors. We'll stop right there. We'll let Steve tell us a little bit more about himself. Throny, we call it the back of the baseball card bio. We were just talking about baseball now. Uh, so take a minute. Tell us what the back of Steve Throne's baseball card would look like. Well, I've, I've had an interesting journey. I, I, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, went to a big school. We had 2,500 kids at uh, Lincoln High back in the day in 1986, which means I'm old. Um, but uh, from there, I, I went to Tarkio College, played basketball, wanted to be a PE teacher and, and uh, a coach. So I did that for uh, 17 years in Nebraska City, which would be a, a 1A school. Um, loved it. Didn't want to leave. A little Catholic school there. Great community. And then from there, I came to Millard South. I was a teacher and a coach here. Boys basketball was my, what I coached the most and uh, was a head basketball coach for seven years. And then I decided to take this, this route of, of being an athletic director. I uh, didn't think I was going to do that right away, but after some prodding and some discussions with my wife. I took a AD position, assistant principal position in Sergeant Bluff, Iowa, which would be like a, a 3A, 2A, 3A school, about 500 kids in high school. And then after three years, this job opened back up here at Millard South, where I wanted to be uh, more than anything was back at Millard South. And so that's where I've been the last 10 years. Love all the three schools that I've been at. It's given me a chance to get to know a lot of different people and a lot of different experience at different size schools. And I think that's helped me in the role that I'm in now. Yeah, that's good. Now, just to give more uh, substance to what you said there and uh, reasoning behind what you coached, uh, Steve, as you can see, uh, we like to use the Mike McGurk language. He is in athletic business today with a quarter <laughs> zip and the tie looking sharp there. But you all, but what you can't see is Steve is 6'9". So he fulfills the basketball coach uh, persona very well. I can imagine some officials uh, – might have been a little intimidated when you stand on the sideline. I know you're a nice guy, but uh, having six nine Steve Throne standing there telling you made a bad call is a little different than the average uh, coach. Uh, so uh, you did fulfill that uh, basketball coach uh, persona really well, I imagine. So yeah, late, late in my career, I started sitting down to talk to officials to see if I can <laughs> if I can get some calls that way. But uh, officials <laughs> were always good to me. But my challenge was I, I I met a wife who could cook, and she's been bulking me up to be a football player for the rest of my my life here. So. But biscuit shy at 350, that doesn't help when I'm trying to, you know, move around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, at least you got a, a good a wife that can cook well. Uh, turn, turn, turn him into a left tackle there. Yeah. No doubt about it. 
She's good. good. All right, let's jump in here. Um, now, Steve, a while back, I attended a workshop at the National Conference. I believe it was in Nashville uh, a couple times ago. I think Kelly Fish was one of the workshop instructors along with a, a, a partner of hers. And this workshop was on coaches' meetings and how to enhance them. I believe you have a style that allows you to connect and inspire your coaches when y'all get together and meet there. Can you talk about the activities you do with your coaches and how these activities have enhanced your coaches' meetings? I think coaches' meetings is something everybody wants to do, but nobody knows how to really do a good job, and I, I think you have some good ideas. Yeah, you know, we're like everybody else. You normally get that beginning of the year kickoff, you know, celebration, get everybody back together and kind of talk about what the year is going to look like. Well, one of the things I like to do is I, I don't think we stop and slow down and celebrate what we did the year before. So the first thing we do is I just open up to the coaches and say, hey, let's celebrate what we've done uh, over the last year. Give them a chance to give some shout outs to themselves and their other coaches that are on their staff and their program and give give them the spotlight. Uh, and sometimes coaches, they're you know, if they didn't win at all. They're kind of still maybe some are maybe upset, like, hey, I got runner up at at uh, at state. Well, finishing second in the state uh, class A, which we are twenty six hundred kids. That's kind of a good. That's kind of a big deal. Winning our metro conference tournament. That's kind of a big deal. So we start off with that. But I always try to have a theme or an activity. Um, and my last couple of years, the activities we've had are, are some where you know we're trying to connect people and let them know that what they do is is impactful. And important and that they really need to really continue to focus on those relationships and making a connection. Uh, I'll give you an example. One we did a couple of years ago was uh, you and your partner, you get another coach, preferably from a different program. Um, and you're going to, Josh, you're going to videotape me for 30 seconds. And then I'm going to videotape you with my phone for 30 seconds. And in that 30 seconds, you're going to rant and rave about somebody who's done something well back home uh, in your pro could be in your program, could be at your house personally, could be somebody at work that you work with that you just want to give them 30 seconds where you're going to tell them how much you appreciate what they do for you. Then we both do that. And then I say, Josh, give me that person's cell phone number. And I send them a message that says, hey, Josh was just talking about you. Thanks for being a great teammate. And then they send that out to each other. I've done it a couple different times. And once I did it for my wife, once I did it for our activity secretary, and then one was for another coach that had helped us out. It's powerful because they receive a, a message from that person just out of the blue. Uh, and so we've seen some pretty good uh, reactions to that. And that went really well because at the end of the day, we got to be grateful for the people in our athletic department activities office that do a lot of things for us or with our program. Because I sometimes think we get going. And we forget to thank those bookkeepers, those custodians, those people that help our programs, assistant coaches. We got to find ways to thank them for what they do too. But I always have something like that where we get before we get into the administrative stuff of making sure you're supervising kids, making sure that, you know, all those other types of things. I think that you bring up a good point because last night I attended a um, not bakewent's not really the right word, but it was a, a gathering of a coach who's retiring. And has been at the school, opened the school, has been very successful. They really don't want to see him leave, quite frankly. Uh, but because of some health concerns, he's having to kind of take a step back. And it was really great to allow – you hear people talking about get, getting your flowers, right? Like he was able to hear from former players, people that he had coached with, uh, mentors of his, his first AD that hired him, all, all, all this love that was in the room. And a lot of times you don't you don't get that. You know, you, 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 and those people that are in all of those different roles that a lot of times go unseen and unheard, they don't, they don't ever really know 
how much they're appreciated, you know? So I think that that's a, that's a not, that's a home run idea for sure. No, no doubt about it. And I think I love what you're just talking about too, because we just did that with one of our former coaches, uh, Larry Ribble, who I took over when I came here as a teacher coach and became the head basketball coach. He's a legend, won a zillion state title, just a great guy. But 20 years after he retired from teaching, he's still subbing every day. He's in our building, so we gave him a lifetime achievement award. But to have all those players come back and him get to hear them say things to him about that they needed to say as he's aging, as we all are aging. But you want to say that while people are alive, not yeah. once pass away and then try to circle back and say, now say it to their face, give them a hug, take some pictures. Uh, it was fantastic too. I think it's you got to do that. You got to celebrate. Too many times we're so busy to move on to the next thing that we don't even realize what we accomplished. Yeah, it's great stuff. I think that's huge. The idea of recognizing folks there, but you know what? What I'm amazed at right now. Question number one: You've already thrown us out, so thrown thrown some gold out at us. Uh, I would imagine everybody's writing down that idea. And what's really cool is I've been in a room with you two or three times now, and you have a different activity. So I'd encourage you, Throny, get on Twitter, get on whatever social media, do like an activity of the week, activity of the day, because everyone you throw out is gold to me. That's why I wanted to ask that question. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's some some really good stuff. And you know, we did a little, little bit more research and homework on you. And found, um, I, th- I think it was your student athlete leadership PowerPoint or something that somehow got posted online. And what I noticed there, you, you did activities there. You did activities in another presentation that I think was school-wide there at Miller South. I think sometimes as leaders, we're afraid of doing these activities because we think they might be corny. We think people may judge us. We think the folks we're doing them with may not have true buy-in and give us any good, you know, give us legitimate, real feedback. What allowed you to break through and see that the value of these activities is huge when building your teams? Well, I think the biggest thing that we have to do in leadership is we've got to let people have a voice. Too too often when we have student leadership, it's always our voice giving them ideas on how they should handle situations. Anytime working with students or coaches or any or staff, I want to hear their voice. I know what my thoughts are, but how do I get you you to show articulate what your thoughts are on this? And I want you a different perspective. And, and, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from you. I'll give you a perfect example. A guy reaches out um, two days ago from New York, uh, PE teacher, somewhere along, an athletic director, somewhere he saw a PowerPoint or something I did with uh, on one of the another podcast. And he says, hey, that Patriot way and the things you did, how'd you create it? So I just said, give me a call because I didn't want to do it in email. I said, just give me a call. So he and I talk for about 45 minutes and I stole about three great ideas from him. That's what I'm, I'm always looking for. One, I'm trying to get people to get, let's get excited about what we do. Teaching, coaching, being an activities director, that, that, that's a fun job to have. Let's try to make sure we, we have some fun along the way and bring a positive vibe every day. But I, we got to share ideas. We got to hear other people's voices so that we can learn too. That's kind of why I do that the way I do because I don't want people to sit. I, I can sit here and give you a bunch of stuff, but I'd rather hear what are your thoughts as a young leader? What do you see? What's it, what's the challenge that you're facing? Not the ones I'm reading now, this book that I'm going to give to you. And coaches, I want to hear, I want to hear our coaches coach each other. You know, we we started bringing in a bunch of speakers and stuff and pay for them. And I'm like, we had Brian Kite's group in, they were fantastic, well worth that money. But start trying to bring in other people. I got to a point where I was like, we have great coaches on staff that can teach each other. And we we started to do more of that. Hear other people's voices. I agree with you. That's good. Empower too. Yes, sir. I, I, you know, I wish I had this conversation last week. 
just had a coach's meeting this morning and it was like crickets. I was talking to myself and, you know, I know Monday morning, sometimes it's t- tough for coaches to get going, but I needed one of those th- uh, Steve thrown activities for <laughs> sure. Get them going, take some snapshots or, or, or selfies of each other or something. I should have thought of that, but, uh, that's good, good, good stuff. Hey, uh, Let's move into another big topic with leadership, communication. Most will say it, communication is the key to any successful leadership, no matter what level, right? Explain this statement we stole from you. Communication is the problem. Communication is the solution. Well, if you look at any situation, if a situ- the situation is successful, it's normally because there was great communication. If it's not as successful as you want it to be, you could probably look back and go, I could have done some things within my communication to make it better. Uh, And I think the challenge sometimes, this is where if I ever falter with communication, which I'm not perfect with, is when I think, hey, you know, I should send this this text or this email or make a phone call to this person. I'm like, yeah, they know we're okay. Anytime I don't take that extra step. There's times where I'll get burnt and then they come back and say, I didn't know that. I I thought I talked to you. So I'm an over communicator in the sense that I will send something to somebody multiple times or reach out to them personally and talk to them multiple times just to confirm, hey, this is what we're doing. We're all on the same page. And I know my, I have a new secretary and she said, I got it. I got it. I said, well, we're talking transportation. You guys know what I'm talking. We got to make sure we have a bus who's going to show up at the right time in the right spot and all those things. So I'm always like, just double check. And I just walk by her and I'll just say, hey, got two buses going to Lincoln, 730 on Saturday, right? And now she just knows, give me a thumbs up. Don't throw things at me. Don't yell. I'm not double checking you or micromanaging you, but I want to make sure that we were just over communicating those types of things so we don't get caught. Because I hate double booking. I hate not having a bus or a team showing up when they shouldn't be, any of those types of things that in our world is not a good thing. Yeah, I think you teed it up for me because I want to I'll stay there for just a minute. Uh, let's talk about timing and specifically when it comes to conversations that may be difficult, whether it be with a coach or a parent, or maybe it's time sensitive, like you're talking about. Some are better than others when it comes to holding them and folding them and walking away. Okay. Quote the gambler there. But why is it important for a leader to have the awareness needed to know when to wait and when to act when you're talking about communication? Well, I think the, the biggest thing we have to do, and I had to do this last week because I had a, a, one of those tough conversations, you got to be careful that you don't just go rushing in. Push pause, think it through, think how am I, when I, when I have this conversation or how am I going to start it? Because I think the start of the conversation is big. And, right. and a phrase that I stole from Dr. Suffin, who was our superintendent for a long time, is help me understand why this happened. Because that puts it back on them to let them articulate, tell me what, what in their own words, what it looks like. And then I can go from there and kind of direct where I need to. But I, I think the big thing with communication is we, we've got to understand. I, I stole this thought from somebody the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a speaker and, and, and he said, I think it was Jim Weeks, a basketball coach from Beatrice. He said, run to the roar. If somebody, if there's a roar and people are upset about something or whatever it might be, maybe a celebration, run to the roar and figure out what's going on. Too, too many times, if, if if a parent's fired up about something, their kid's not playing, they don't think the coach is communicating well enough, uh, something's happened, whether it's an injury and doesn't feel like they're getting proper tra- uh, rehab or whatever it might be, give that parent a call. Nobody calls anybody anymore. Right. We email, we text, we just kind of let things happen. I'm a pick-up-the-phone guy. I'll walk up to a parent at, at a game and just start talking. What I do is I cheat. I go make sure I've got their name right. And I'll just call them by name. Hey, Don, Steve Throne, good to see you. Oh, yeah, good to see you. Hey, got a question about this. I heard that you were upset about something. Can you talk me through what's going on? At the end of the day, they want to be heard. 
And if you if you do that in a personal way, you can build that relationship. And then down the road, you're, you know, even if you have a fierce conversation at the end of that conversation, I always say, hey, down the road, if I can help you anyway, let me know. And what it does is it sets us up for you lose, you de-escalate it, but you lose all the hostility and you lose that piece where there's maybe some miscommunication that didn't get back and wasn't correct. My favorite story of all time was parent calls me. It's all fired up. Hey, my daughter, the coach did this and that. I want to meet with all of you. Say, let's do it. Let's meet, but make sure, make sure your daughter's going to be here. And so we get in the meeting and I look at her and I just said, Hey, so help me understand what's going on. And uh, she starts to talk. And I said, Hey, your mom said that the coach said this about you. She goes, well, he, he never said that. Mom kind of had about snapping. She goes, well, I felt like he was, he thought I was terrible. So he never called you terrible, but you said, no, he never called me. So right away, it just, there was that miscommunication. She told mom that coach said he, she was terrible. And so now, boom, broke down the walls. We were able to figure out what's going on. Kid finished the year in good standing. Coaches then both got along. Parents were good. But it's that piece where maybe something gets changed on the the ride home that to, to help that child out or whatever might happen. It's miscommunication. But run to the roar. Go figure it out. Talk to people face-to-face. The more you can talk to people face-to-face, I think, the better off you're going to be. Because you just can't, and we know you can't take you can't uh, tell what a tone is in an email or a text or by you telling someone else to go. We call it championship communication. It happens between you and me. It doesn't happen between a third party. And I tell parents that all the time. If you reach out to me, but your child didn't go talk to coach, we, that's not championship communication. Because now it's between you and I. We're talking, and we're you go back and get your account. I get my account. Let's bring them all in. Let's sit down. I will. I will have a quick meeting quicker than probably any other AD, just because I'm like. Let's meet. Let's figure it out. I have a zero time to walk by and people are fired up about something that we can solve right now. Yeah, that's good. Run to the war, roar. That's uh that's good. Like you said, it could be a good thing or a bad thing. You you want to find either one, right? So that's yeah, good. no doubt. Yeah, it's good. Um, Throny, we found a presentation. You talked about strong team leadership. I think it was you putting together your uh, student athlete athlete leadership groups. Uh, I'm interested in this because obviously you only see like like you said email, presentation, online, whatever, you can only see what you can see. You had a slide about a drip method. Can you talk about the drip method and how it develops future leaders? That's it's one of my favorite things, Josh. I'm glad you brought that up. It's actually good. one of my favorite slides, too, because my former secretary made it. It kind of really shows off what, what we try to do within our leadership is too many times we want to get kids and here's all the all the leadership you should know. And we try to teach you by a fire hose. We just give you a bunch of information. And we hope it sticks. What we try to do over time, and that's what, what we do with the Patriot Way, we've got eight pillars that we, we talk about and try to reinforce all the time, is, is we want you to be a, outwork people. We want you to be a great teammate. But we want to every, – I do it on social media. I do it in my conversations. Hey, great job. Way to be a great teammate. Thanks for your service. These types of things. So we're just, every day we're trying to – in a little bit of a drip of here's the leadership we want to see from you. Here's what we want to see you do. And when you're doing it, I want to highlight it. Because then that that drip kind of drips over to somebody else's pocket or pail, and now we're we're building up them as a leader too. But it's just that gradual. Too many times, I had, when I was coaching too, I, I was probably the same way. As you get at the end of the year, we're going to put make our set up our culture. This is what we're all about. And then, do you go back to it? Too many times we get going in the season. Are you? It's your culture on display every day. Is it? Is it? Is it that drip method, or is it just you threw it all out there one time? It's out there. Now we call it good. But yeah. I think that's how you have to teach kids every day, that interaction, that 30-second interaction every day. I think it's important. Now, 
we, we've kind of talked about it a couple times and you, you touched on it there too, this idea of the student athlete leadership groups. I think that that is something that more ADs want to do. They just don't always know how to do uh, because to your point, it's very easy just to, you know, you come up with a criteria, you get everybody in the room and you just kind of dump material on them and then hope that poof, we're just going to leave when knowing when you're a coach and you spend 90 hours a week putting in a game plan and then on Friday, they got to kick it off and you're turning your whole life over to a 17 year old, you know, how that's that's going to end, you know, why is it important to have a formal leadership group of students uh, and what has establishing one done for your campus? Well, we've done a couple of different things. We kicked that off in 2015. It was fantastic. It's been great uh, up to COVID and, and a little bit after COVID. We've we've struggled to kind of get it going again in the sense of the way it was before. When Before we were meeting twice a month, uh, it was myself and our softball coach, Steve Kirkman, who does a great job than any coach that could attend. Uh, we were meeting with kids and, you know, you got to feed them too, but we we're doing leadership ac- activities all the time. What we've done a little bit is We'd like to get back to that model, but we have some other groups that kind of broke off from this. Uh, there's a diversity group in our building now, um, but our our programs have really taken over some of that leadership. Our baseball team just did the book study over Relentless, and the, each kid had uh, two kids had a chapter, and they would lead the chapter and, and different things. But our softball, our soccer, softball does a great job. They're always doing a book study and different things. Um, our soccer girl soccer team, they meet all the time. He meets with his captains and stuff. So really, our coaches have really branched off from that student leadership group. Uh, Pit crew is what we call our student leadership group, and we've got to get get that back where we're going to do a little bit more, but uh, we, we haven't done it as much as we were before. But when we're doing it, it's really meeting a couple times a month. What I'd like to do, and I'd, I'd love to bounce this idea off you guys too, is I think what happens too often is we meet, let's say we meet those two times a month. I want to meet with kids more often. I don't know if it's like, hey, you know, we all have lunch duty. Stop in and see me. Let's have a five-minute conversation or see me in the morning. Let's do some of those touch base things where you just stop in. We talk leadership for for eight, 10 minutes, you know, where we don't have to be in the or because I think so many times you were talking about what if people 80s are afraid of how to, how do you get it set up? Too many times we think we have to all have do that formally that I told you before, that format where we're gonna meet a couple times a month for this a lot of time. No, nah, we need to create more like the drip method, more leadership throughout the week, without the month, not just a two times a month thing. And so that's something I'm really working on too, is trying to figure out what that's gonna look like. And just start grabbing kids. I know Mike McGurk's done book studies with his kids uh, down in, in Lee Summit. And I like that idea too. But just trying to get smaller groups of leaders and try to get them to be multipliers within their program and within our building. Now that's good. I like that little eight to 10 minute pit stop. Good idea. Yeah, that's really good. Hey, talk about the book study. W- what do you find? Because I'm always trying to steal this idea. I don't think I do these very well. Don's, Don's done a good job in the past. When y'all do book studies, what makes them a success? What format strategies? What what do you do there to make that a success? I think the success goes back to, again, it just can't be Steve Throne's voice. And so how do you get them? So I, I might say, hey, uh, Don, you're in charge of chapters 28 and 29. You bring the questions you want from it and, and let them do that. Um, or I'll just give some questions, but I'll have them tell me, you got to tell me what you're thinking. And then, and my pause, my wait time is really good. So I'll just wait till they start talking. But normally our coaches do a great job because they love to share and they love to learn. Um, and so I think with book studies, the biggest piece is you have to get people talking. We just, uh, I just bought a bunch of the Twin Thieves books. I don't know if you guys have read that one. That one's fantastic. Um, but uh, I got one across here. 
Yeah, this is this is the best book I've read in the last probably five years. Easy read, coaches print, great little story. I finished it today, but I got so many highlights in this. But I've done a couple different book studies with this. We have a cohort in Nebraska and our AD's cohort. We use this as our as our book study. But more than anything, is how you get buy-in from the people that are doing the book study. Because if they if they can't talk about it, they didn't read it. Right. And now you read a book and you're telling about the book you read. And right. so you got to find a way to get their voice and their perspective. Like I, like I said, when we do these book studies, I learn all the time because somebody's got a different angle than I do. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that one. I like that. Mm-hmm. And so just try to get people to – we got to get people to talk because this technology age is great, but it's a lot of listening and a lot of earbuds and not a lot of constant conversation, which is that's where we grow the most. You know, you talk about that idea of seeing things that – that you didn't think were there, right? You know, as you you listen to other people, we've talked about uh, on here before this idea of of us as leaders always being in process. We're always trying to get better. That's one of the reasons why we started doing this podcast was uh, kind of selfishly to help us get better. But then, uh, obviously, anyone that wanted to listen to it. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's true for our programs. I think that we have to always be thinking of better ways to do things and innovate if we want to stay at the top of the pack. Maybe what are some things that you do to kind of, quote unquote, see around corners, so to speak, maybe sharpen your ability to stay focused on the present, but anticipate what may be needed in the future, maybe seeing what's not there just yet. You bet. I got a couple guys in my backyard that are always making me work hard every day. Lance Smith from Miller West, who you guys had on before, does a fantastic job. Then Keith Malley, who's over at Miller North. Those guys, we all work really well together, but we all want to be successful in our building. We want our building to be the most successful building in the in the state and in, in, in our in our uh, in our area. Um, what it does for me is I, I'm always looking for for ways. How can I improve what I do already? But, but how can I make an impact? I'm looking for an impact. I'm looking for that moment, but I'm looking for impact. But but I'm also looking for ways. How do I do that? I, one of my former principals the other day, we did a walkthrough together, and he used this formula, and I, I have never thought about it this way, but less work, bigger impact. More work, less impact. So what things can we do that don't take a lot of time and effort, but have a huge impact? And I'll give you one that I do. I do a Patriot Minute. Where I'll videotape myself trying to talk about some things that are coming up. Hey, Patriot Nation, here's what's coming up this week. We got girls state basketball, won a state title last week. State wrestling, we won a state title. But just anything could be clubs, activities, whatever. Highlighting again through that drip method of what our culture is. But at the same time, they get to see me. It's not text on a on a tweet. It's 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 so it has a great impact. So that to me is something we can do where you find things that that have a, a big impact but don't take a lot of work to do. But I really want to do what that piece was with the Patriot Minute. I would love to have me interview a kid or a student about whatever they're involved in. Jazz band. Hey, uh, great Jamal. Tell me about jazz band. What's going on in jazz band? That's great. You got a minute? Go. Where now they're hearing the voices of these students that are involved or coaches or staff or whoever. It's not Steve Throne all the time. But during COVID, I did that every day because we didn't have school. And people have come to know that, hey, you're that guy that's on Twitter or Facebook that, that did the Patriot Minute. I really like that. But now they have a connection to the school. They know when they see me, hey, that guy's Miller Sal. And so I think you got to try to do things like that that will have an impact on your culture. And it's just people see you doing great things and want to be involved in what you're doing at your school. Man, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Steve, one last question. You've been AD for over a decade now. What do you know now that you didn't know when you started? And kind of how does that go into 
what leadership lesson comes into play the most in your role as an athletic administrator, activities director there at Miller South? Well, I knew this, but I, I know it more now is that people are more valuable now than ever. And the people that you have that you work with every day and, and the things you can do together and be and work on and, and what you did, you need different people to help you to get to that level of success that you want within your classrooms, within your uh, programs, within your community. You need people and you, you got to find a way to get the right people in the right seat. But you also have to learn. You got to figure out how am I going to develop people that maybe don't have those skills that we need them to have those skills. But it's all about people. I knew that 10 years ago because I've always been a people person. but People drive this thing. They drive they, they drive that that culture in your building. They drive the success in your building. But you can't do it without great people. And we've got great people at Miller South, which makes my job really easy. It's great. Yeah, I agree with you there for sure. Well, Steve, it's been great hearing your uh, wisdom. Uh, you got a lot, um, and you package it so well. Uh, it's just amazing. Every time you talk, uh, I'm, I'm just enthused and really uh, tuned in. So I'm, I'm lucky to get to sit in a room with you a few times a year and um, having you on this podcast now is great. So we, uh, we finish up with a two minute drill, okay. which is where we get to have a little fun, get to know you a little bit better. Don always starts us off with that. So I'll let him take over. All right, throwing it. We're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. We want you to just tell us first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Right. Got it. What was the first job you had ever, ever in your life? I was uh, I would mow yards for the city of Nebraska or city of Lincoln. So I'd be riding on a riding mower as a as a sixteen year old kid making three dollars and thirty cents, thinking I was living high off the hall. Yes. Hey, at least you're on a riding mower, right? Yep. I didn't want to be on the weed eating. Weed eating, you did not want to be that guy. And so uh, I tried to stay away from that. Three thirty on a riding mower is much better than three thirty on a weed eater. There ain't no doubt. All right. Would you rather not shower for a month or eat the same dish for every meal for a month? Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I, I wouldn't. I'd want to shower. I, I I can eat the same thing for a month, but I don't want to be funky. I agree. <laughs> All right. How do you relieve stress? Uh, my, my biggest thing is spending time with my family. Uh, I also enjoy uh, maybe making it out to a brewery here or there just to kind of relax and unwind, try different uh, adult frescas, and just kind of chill out. All right, let's play a little game of over-under. So these are things that, in your opinion, they are either overrated or underrated. Okay? So we'll say over-under. You tell us uh, why you feel that way. Okay. Uh, aerial rope courses. Well, so I've only done that one time. It's overrated because it's not for biggins. Biggins <laughs> should not be on a rope that far up with people below him saying, we got you. We got you. No, no you, you don't. You'll catch me on the third bounce. <laughs> so, overrated. That's great. All right, over under wildlife safaris. Well, I don't. I don't know if I want to be that close. That's overrated. I don't want to be that close to wild animals. People can't figure out why they come at them. They're wild. I don't want to be anywhere near them. Amen. How about the College World Series in person? No, it's that, that's that's big time. You need to be here. You need to do that. Yeah, you I need to. If you guys get this way, I got a place you can stay. We'll take care of you. All right, man. I may take you up on that. Uh, that's that's a bucket list for me. All right, last over under state fair funnel cakes. Ooh, <laughs> funnel cakes in themselves is never overrated. Never. Now, overrated is putting all that other stuff on top. It's straight yes, powder sugar. Get right to it. Let's go. Yes, sir. Totally. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Now, if ghosts are a real thing, who would you haunt? Ooh. 
probably I'd probably screw with my sister who who's, thinks that ghosts are real. So that that'd be the one I'd mess with. Does she believe it all the way through? Good call. That's good. You were ready for that one. All right. It's uh, Monday after Selection Sunday, 2023. Uh, we know you're a basketball guy. We're going to see how well this ages because we're going to publish this after the uh, March Madness tournament this year. So who will win the NCAA basketball championship this year? Well, I'm a Duke guy. So I think that they got they, they got kind of on the, the seed. They got a tough road because they got to go through Purdue and some other folks. But uh, I got Duke winning it all, and John Shire is going to be the greatest thing in the world. Hey, you're getting hot at the right time. That's good. Yeah, now, no I, I am uh, I'm a big sandwich guy, okay? I'm a huge fan of sandwiches. I think that there, there's nothing better than a good sandwich. So what is your favorite sandwich? And this could either be a type of sandwich, a vendor, or what, whatever. If you got to have a sandwich, what's it going to look like? Pastrami. Throw a bunch of pastrami, any cheese you want. Warm it up. Let it melt it up. Let's go. Pastrami all day. It's good. All right, Throny. Last question. It's kind of our trademark question. Today you've been hanging with the ADs, but let's say you could hang out with anyone. Who would that be and why? Uh, I would love to go back and hang out with my grandparents. They passed away when I was a kid in high school. I'd love to go back and, and see them and just kind of update them on what my family's doing. And I think they'd be proud of my kids and my wife and, and my family. So they'd be it. Steve, thanks so much for the time today. You're a leader not only for your state, but for the country and our profession as a whole is better for it because you're in it. So thanks again for the time. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, Don, real quick, you guys got some really cool stickers. And Josh said he was going to get me one, but my computer still doesn't have one. McGurk's got one. That's what I need right there. Right there. We're going to make it happen. Right now, I need to be able to rock that thing. So, guys, I appreciate you. You guys do a great job. Thanks for helping ADs continue to to, to, to improve in, in, at our trade. And you guys are doing a great job, so keep it up. Steve Throne, or Throney. The activities director and assistant principal at Millard South High School in Omaha, Nebraska. What a joy it was to have him join us today and just be in his presence. Uh, although it be it virtual, it's always great to be with Throny. You know, there's some people that walk in the room and they have a huge physical presence. That's Throny, right? But there's also some folks who walk in the room and have a huge emotional presence, a connectivity that is just uncommon. That is also Throny, and that's what we got to experience today. Throny has principles that he lives by, and those principles help him lead with foundations that are that are placed in the great ideas of leadership, right? Communication, relationships, excitement, energy, all those foundations that help us do what we do as athletic administrators. Throny has all that packaged into one. Uh, his experience, his wisdom was just uh, outstanding to hear today. I know you're like me. You probably wrote down a lot of things. If you're listening in the car, you probably want to go back and listen to this one again so you can get some of the great ideas that Throny uh, gave us today. You know, I think leadership is all about getting people to go in a direction that maybe they didn't know they could go or that they weren't anticipating that they couldn't see. But really, if we drill down to it, leadership is all about people. And every time I've been in Throny's presence, I've realized that his number one objective is to make people better. And that's what he did today. 
He talked about people are more valuable now than ever. We need people. People drive everything is what he said um, that his leadership lessons that he's learned in athletic administration have been. And I would imagine he knew that before he became an assistant principal and athletic director over 10 years ago. Uh, but man, when I'm, when I'm around Throny, it is uh, just a, a pleasure. I leave there feeling uh, fulfilled, just feeling more energetic because of his investment into me. And you felt that today with his investment into this conversation and you as the listener. So we thank Throny, man. It was just uh, great to be with him. I can't be, can't wait to be with him again soon. Um, Throny, thank you for being with us again. All right, as we ask every time, if you don't mind, just stop, rate this podcast. We'd love to share it with Throny. We'd love to share it with our listeners. Give us a a rating, a review, just what you thought about this show. Man, we would love to hear from you. And as always, thank you for spending your time hanging with the AD.